0: Today on Two Sea Fans.
1: So you study nothing uh, more important than the very health of our waterways. <laughs> Sounds important to me. Yeah, well. <laughs> Sounds critical. Um, so what's your favorite part of doing that? Like is there a place you really like to do field work or uh, a, something you really like to study?
2: I love field work. Yeah. I'll go anywhere, anytime, anyhow. Huh? Just wow. to be out there.
1: Hello, and welcome to 2 Fans at Moat Marine Laboratory, our podcast about marine science and education here at Moat. And I'm Hayley Rutger.
0: And I am Emil Flugnoid, oh. also known as Joe Nicholson.
1: Which one is the real one?
0: Well, you fans of Inspector Clouseau will know who Emil Flugnoid
1: is. I don't watch that, so I guess you're Joe Nicholson. I'm
0: Joe Nicholson. OK. OK. And
1: we're here with uh, Camille Charnuga. Did uh, I say that right? No, yes,
0: it's Charnuga. <laughs> He's incorrect.
1: <laughs> Hi. Um, so what's your title and your job here at Moat?
2: I am a staff chemist here at Moat, and I work in the chemical and physical ecology program. Mm-hmm. Hi, Cami. Hi, Joey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so where is Camille from?
2: Uh, where, just,
0: where did the young Camille who became interested in... Uh, Probably not marine science at a young age, but where is the young Camilla from? Where did she grow up?
2: Young Camilla was born in Texas and and raised in Las Vegas and Arizona.
0: Wow. So your formative years were in Vegas?
2: Until I was 10, yes.
0: Oh. And then you moved to Phoenix. Scottsdale. Scottsdale. Oh, sorry. Yeah, S- come on now. Scottsdale. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Phoenix. <laughs> and, then, and then we slummed it back down <laughs> to, to Phoenix. To, to, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you know, and things changed. And, you you know, know, at 10. Mom said, hey, you're going to a public school now. And it was always public. Oh, okay. So is that where you, you started having an interest in marine science? Or
2: Actually, yeah. When I was in um, high school, I really wanted to go to Scripps. But um, I didn't have the money, so I went in-state at Arizona State University and and majored in chemistry and um, found my way around the states, I guess. Ended up here in Sarasota, came to Moat on a whim, and uh, decided that this is the place I wanted to work. Really? But I
1: heard that there was a chapter where you worked in, I think, the medical field and in the Peace Corps? (laughs) Yes, yes. I kind of glossed over those. Yeah, let's let's
2: not forget that. (laughs) After after I left uh, college. I did a stint in the Peace Corps. I was in the South Pacific in what was then called Western Samoa. It's now known as Samoa. I spent three and a half years there. I extended for a year and a half because I had such a good time.
0: And they have good cookies?
2: Um, what? No. Cookies.
0: The Samoan. The Girl cookies. Scouts have the Samoan cookies. <laughs> oh! <laughs> See, I like those cookies.
2: Yeah. No, there was a brewery on the island that um, the Germans had left after they occupied during World War II. Really? So, yeah. So lots of good beer. Yeah. And they bottled Coke. And I taught chemistry at the National University, the university preparatory year. And I took my students on a field trip to the brewery The brewery to learn fermentation, cool. but they were only allowed to have soda because they were underage. Hmm. So but you were you a
1: responsible have... teacher.
2: <laughs> Mostly.
1: No, <laughs>
0: <yes>. <laughs> That's where she learned to wear flip-flops properly. Correct. <laughs> oh,
1: so, okay, so teaching chemistry in the Peace Corps, but didn't you say you did something medical too? Am I... Yes.
2: After I came back to the States, I got um, various jobs in the medical field, doing back office, triaging patients, working in medical labs.
1: Wait, the triaging patients part? I don't know how that comes out of a chemistry degree. <laughs> when I was in
2: college, um, I uh, helped put myself through school by, um, I was a phlebotomist oh. for several years. Um, drawing and, drawing uh, blood. Yes, yeah. yes, in hospitals and things. And so that kind of led into uh, triaging patients at, a, at an urgent care <clears throat>
1: And then suddenly you went marine again.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was here working in, in the medical field, and I, like I said, I came to visit Moat, and I said, I want to work there. This looks really cool. I was actually hanging out downstairs by um, one of the fish bowls where the, the scientists are doing their stuff, and I said, it's a place I'd like to work. So two years later, I landed a job here.
1: Why do, we need, why do we need chemistry or environmental chemistry? I'll tell you
0: why, because hmm? with one little mistake, you can die. Because one of the first jokes Kamiya ever told me was, a man walks into a bar and orders a glass of H2O2, H2O, and the guy beside him says, I would like one, I would like one, two. No.
1: He would like H2O2?
0: H2O2. Oh, that's yes. Not, that's <laughs> not
1: good. No. Right?
0: Right? right? Second guy died. See, I didn't even get the joke. Right. <laughs> no, see, he's not a chemist. <laughs> Second guy died because that's chemistry. If you if you say the wrong thing, you're going to die.
1: What's the what's the common name for H2O2 is that? Hydrogen peroxide. peroxide. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so
0: he drank that and he died. Oh.
1: Then yeah. you don't
2: want to drink that. No, no you don't. Okay. See. No.
1: That's a good joke. Right? But anyway, okay, so I'm going to guess that the value of your job is that chemistry is everywhere and pretty much um tells us all we want know, all kinds of things about the environment and how it's doing and yeah. stuff like water quality, right?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And if you mess up, you're gonna die. No. <laughs> Stop.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: this is the part where I get mad and I reroute the conversation. Yeah.
0: She hijacks it. <laughs> okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, but what are some of the things you do? What uh, what tasks does your program work on?
2: Okay. A couple of the major ones. Um, we do red tide research. <clears throat> yeah. So we go out and collect water in the Gulf and in the bays, and we look for carenia um, brevis cells, which is the, the um, what do you want to the call it? The red tide cell. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Um, it's the red tide. Organism. It's the organism. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yeah. That, that, that produces the red tide toxin. Um, so we collect water and we analyze that for different nutrients. Um, and then we can look at that over time and see how the Gulf and the Bays have changed over time, or if they have, or when there's a bloom, what nutrient is higher, what's less, what what are the organisms using um, to either grow or um, just come up. Mm-hmm. And, and because you've
0: been doing this for years and years and years, you guys have, I would assume, a huge database of what the chemistry is of the ocean over a great, period of
2: time. We do have a very long and um, historical inconsistent database. So that's one of the nice things that, that the same groups have been doing this for so long that there is that consistency to um, the, the monitoring and the collection and the analyses.
1: Yeah, and I know that, you know, it's always a question on people's minds. Um, do we contribute nutrients that significantly affect red tide? And
0: and when you say we, you mean humans, humans not Humans, yeah,
1: my- humans. And I mean, um, and my understanding from, you know, talking to people like you over the years is that, you know, it starts offshore away from our coast, but once it gets in here, we, we can influence it in some ways, I guess. It
2: can be influenced um, by runoff. Um, people are causing or, let's say, um, leaking. I'm not sure if this could... This exacerbates um, red tide or not, but if you're if you're near the coast and you have a septic tank and that leaks, and that can affect the water quality itself, not ne- not necessarily just having red tide. Even yeah.
0: just runoff from golf courses, or not just I'm not picking on you golf courses, but anybody's lawn that you know fertilizes. Mm-hmm. Correct. correct. Those, uh what are they nitrates. Nitrogen? there are, yeah. are
1: nitrogen phosphorus nutrients that come mm-hmm. out yeah yes yeah.
0: thank you haley but
1: but my understanding is it's never as simple as we would want it to be <laughs> so we, <laughs> just because a nutrient comes off the land doesn't mean it came from us it doesn't mean that it affects no. an algae bloom but it, could it could be, dum- it could yeah. be dog could
2: be poo that's true yeah, yeah. yeah. but um rain well, rain rain runoff run off and that that washes things out of lawns and everywhere else and down the street and <clears throat> so there are a lot a lot of different Factors in there, and it's very—it's a very complicated system. So it's really yes. hard to say. Okay, we'll stop using nitrogen, and we won't have the red tide, red tide exacerbation. Time. But it's, that's—it's not, not true. that simple. Yeah, it's no. not true at all.
0: It's a very complicated process.
2: Absolutely. So
1: it's never as simple as you think. Just get that in your, your head. No. Uh.
0: Nothing is ever as, as simple as you think.
1: So where? What kind of places do you monitor the water quality oh, or oh, chemistry? Oh. I know where
0: she goes. Shh. Under bridges, and <laughs> finds trolls. <laughs>
2: Different project. (laughs) Sorry. That's the troll project. That's
0: the trolls. She has trolls on the bridges, though.
2: (laughs) Yeah, We monitor the Gulf of Mexico, um, and we monitor for the county um, all of Sarasota Bay, from North Sarasota Bay all the way down to Lemon Bay.
1: And you're just collecting water? Are you collecting anything else out there?
2: Um, We're collecting water and data.
1: Okay, water and data. There's only
2: water out there.
1: There's other stuff out there too.
2: Oh. Yeah. We we don't collect like living things.
1: No, oh. or like sediments you don't collect.
2: Oh, um, uh-huh. we do not collect sediments. For or for or for red tide. Oh, okay, um,
1: maybe for something else out there. Trolls. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> <laughs> Those are <just>
2: under bridges. <laughs> but okay, you're,
1: you're collecting water. You take it back to the lab. If uh, what describe like a typical day at the lab where you bring in samples and what are some of the common things you might do with it?
2: Okay, well, um, usually the the water quality sampling is an all day event because ah. it's we've got three different boats and three different crews of at least two people each going out and collecting water at, um, let's see, 30, 40 different stations. So that's an an all-day event, and that's what we do for the county. We bring it back here, check it all in. We have given it our alphanumeric uh, numbering system, and then the next day we come in and analyze things like biochemical oxygen demand, chlorophyll, nutrients, turbidity of the water, color of the water, um, when we're out in the field, we're looking at dissolved oxygen, salinity, pH, temperature. So we get those things as a profile in the field from surface to bottom. And we collect the water essentially at a mid-level and then bring that water back and do those analyses that I mm-hmm. went through.
1: And so where does all that data go? I mean, how, what's the end point and how does it help?
2: That, mm-hmm, that data is um, all transferred to Sarasota County. Yeah. And they use that and they input that into the Water Atlas. They'll use their GIS and make lovely pictures of what's where nutrient-wise, um, and that can be accessed by anyone by just going to um, the Sarasota County website oh, and, really? and water and atlas and putting in water atlas. What
1: what's what is that exactly?
2: The water atlas is for the EPA in Florida.
1: It's for water chemistry and water quality. Mm-hmm. And okay, okay,
2: cool. And it's regulated by Florida DEP, which is again under EPA, and. Um, there's certain um, loads that we have to be underneath to, to be considered a healthy waterway, mm-hmm. to, or to have healthy waterways. And so if those limits are exceeded, then mitigation has to happen. So it, it, it is a contract, essentially, that all these nutrients and things have to be monitored monthly. And if there is a problem, then the county has to go in and mitigate, which could cost a lot of money. So yeah. um, keeping the bays and waterways healthy is... Um, Cheaper in the long run than, than letting things get out of hand and then having to come back and mitigate.
1: That's a good point. So, you study nothing uh, more important than the very health of our waterways. <laughs> Sounds important to me. Yeah, well. <laughs> Sounds critical. Um, so, what's your favorite part of doing that? Like, is there a place you really like to do field work or uh, a, something you really like to study?
2: I love field work. Yeah. I'll go anywhere, anytime, anyhow. Huh. Wow. Just to be out there. It's amazing. The things you get to see. I mean, we, we do work hard, and we don't work on um, nice days all the uh-huh. time because that can actually skew, skew your data. So we go out, you know, it, even if it's kind of inclement weather, if it's cold or if it's a bit rainy or windy, um, the one thing we don't do is we don't go sampling when there's a lot of lightning uh-huh. because that can uh, endanger yeah. the people. Uh-huh. So <laughs> good, so safety first there. But, um, but just being out in the water and seeing it in all its different environments, you know, Whatever the weather happens to be doing is just amazing.
1: Yeah. I mean, how many field days, uh, maybe a month, do you guys have?
2: If I'm lucky, I get three.
1: Pretty good. Yeah. That's not, not bad,
2: a- being out on the water for three, yeah? You know? No. Yeah. And then we come back to the lab and we're busy doing all the analyses and writing reports and blah, blah, blah.
1: Yeah.
0: And then you have another project where I, I mistakenly uh, um, assumed you were doing things under bridges with certain <laughs> things. <laughs>
2: Uh, yes. What are we um, really
1: talking about here? <laughs>
2: her,
0: her and her trolls.
2: Yeah. The, the city of Northport has has contracted us to uh, do some continuous monitoring data as well as nutrient monitoring for them as well. And they call them trolls. I had instruments called AquaTroll 200s <laughs> out there. So oh. and I had two under a bridge and two connected to a sign. Trolls
0: under a bridge. So I'm we did have trolls is. under a bridge. <laughs>
2: However, what do those
1: instruments do?
2: <laughs> um, they record salinity, depth, temperature. Um, well, conductivity is part of salinity and they, um,
0: I'm throwing re- you under the bridge here. Literally.
2: They record that every 15 minutes, hmm. uh, They're usually deployed for anywhere from 28 to 35 days. Then we go out and we download that data, clean up the instruments, make sure they're working right, recalibrate them and set them back out for another month or so. And they're literally trolls under a bridge. Well, so. <laughs> they <laughs> were. Control yourself. I'm control. sorry. I'm control. They, they were until we switched out the Aqua Troll 200s uh, for YSI's. Now they're YSI's under a bridge. Uh, but we still call them, call them trolls just because that's an easy thing to say. But
0: that's a And that's a more of a life-threatening uh, uh, excursion, too, isn't it? Because you run into like things with teeth.
2: It's not life-threatening. There are gators. <laughs> 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 they have been documented in, in the Mayakahachi. Oh creek um
0: But you, so, you guys have seen. Like I, I know you go out sometimes with helpers, and you sometimes um, run into some larger, like teethy critters. But do do they ever approach the boat? Because you're in a john boat, right? Like which
2: is yeah, a, yeah, or a little flats boat. Um, but we've seen. Um, I don't know what other teethy critters are some big, about. some
0: big. No, just big gators.
2: Oh, we've seen. Yeah, we've seen gators. They. Um, There was one time many years ago I was sampling with a friend of mine and uh, we were doing water quality and for whatever reason we got too close to the gator and it didn't like it so much. Mm -hmm. So it came running off the bank and kind of went under our boat. Ooh. So it's like. Hmm. hmm. I'm not putting my hands in that water. Yeah. No. No. We're, we're not. We're not jumping in today. <laughs> oh,
1: smart lady. Yeah. Right.
2: <laughs> a, 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 a few of these places up the Mayaka River, um, the people that live there were actually. I we believe feeding them chickens, so oh, they were no. not afraid of people. That's why this one happened mm. to maybe come under our boat.
1: Which is probably illegal, right? No, it's yeah. not probably
0: it is illegal. It
1: is definitely, yeah. illegal. It is definitely
0: yeah. illegal.
2: Um that's our supposition. We don't I never actually saw them feeding the gators, but uh, you know how people are.
1: That would well, that would concern me. <laughs> yeah, that would
0: concern. Me. But do you have any cool stories like that when you use a water sampling? Anytime time like where you know you're like taking a sampling and you're like, Wow.
2: Well, I was sampling again in the Miaka River. And um, I have an instrument, one of the instruments, um, we do a surface emit and a bottom sampling to get the the current data. Like I said, the dissolved oxygen and salinity pH temperature. Yeah. And I was down to so the bottom. You guys needed an
0: acronym for that, by the way, because that's like a lot, that's a long thing to say.
2: Yeah, we'll figure that out.
0: Okay. Um,
2: <laughs> so I had I was getting the bottom reading, and all of a sudden, um, the instruments weighted, and I at the, the weight of the instrument came up. Ooh. It, it oh. was light all of a sudden, and I couldn't figure out what it was. It turned out it was a manatee, because oh. they're very curious. It was bumping into our, our data sonde and yeah. trying to find out what it was. What is this thing? <laughs> they
1: I mean, he wanted to do science? Too. Yes, yes. Well, they have
0: those tiny eyes, but they use their they're their tactile hair. animals. Yes. Yeah, yes. Mm. So they got to feel. Yeah, let's hmm. let's
1: not assume what the manatee was doing. We don't know. You don't know, Joe.
0: I don't know. You don't know Joe. (laughs) You
1: don't know Joe. That's right. You don't know Jack. Jack. That's right. (laughs) Very. That's pretty awesome. You probably, you know, if I were you, I'd invest in a really nice camera because you probably see some really sweet stuff.
2: Yeah, um, during Red Tide sampling, once we saw a giant leatherback turtle. They're like oh. six feet across. And I did not get my phone out in time to take a picture, oh. unfortunately. That's well, incredible.
0: It's yeah. the amount of time you're out on the water, I imagine. Yeah, you've seen We've quite seen, a few animals.
2: Yeah, I've seen a, I've seen a hammerhead mm. um, Another a couple other small little sharks? Whale sharks? Um, there have been sightings. I was not on the boat the two times that, that they saw those in the past year, and I was very upset about
1: that. Oh, what a chip. <laughs>
2: I, I know. That, right? That's that's on my bucket list.
1: Yeah. So, wait, I wanted to go back. Um, when you were talking about sampling, you sample all these different like parameters like oxygen, temperature. Can you pick one or two and give an example of why we care? Why, do, Especially like oxygen. People hear of maybe low oxygen areas sometimes. Why does it matter in our areas how much you have? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Dissolved oxygen is important because that's um, how things kind of live. Yeah. So um, <laughs> if you have low oxygen, which is below two. Um, is that is parts per million? Um, milligrams per liter. I don't know. I'd have yeah, to, no, no, I'd no, have to, to look at it. I'd have, that, have to look yeah. at it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whatever yeah. unit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> if it's under two, that's that's kind of hypoxic, and that's bad bay health or bad water okay,
0: health. Okay, Joe, here, hypoxic mean.
2: Oh, um, it's, it's too low in oxygen. Right. However, there was one time I was sampling, and there was a salinity gradient. Um, we had mm-hmm. a lot of fresh water on top and a lot of saline water on bottom, And what happens is that can form a lens between the two types of water. And so I was doing my DO profile from the surface to the bottom, and all of a sudden, my DO just dropped. And I said, this can't be right. This is a healthy bay. I've been out here all the time, blah, 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 blah. So I double-checked it. I checked all my instruments. I swapped instruments because we have a backup just in case my instrument was failing. and, And... Everything checked out okay. Everything was right, unless all my instruments happened to be um, <laughs> <laughs> going south at the same time. Yeah. So I came back and I, I talked to my, my boss about it, and she goes, "Oh yeah, that was a that was a freshwater lens that um, the dio can't get any lower Is or can, can't can't penetrate through. can't penetrate through that lens. Is that yeah. due uh-huh. to
1: rain uh, or did she? It's say? a gradient
2: a salinity gradient. Just because it can't
1: oh, get okay. through that."
2: Yeah. Hmm. Wow. So that was really interesting. So the bay was still healthy. We, it just happened to have it had a layer.
0: It had a layer. Yeah. Oh, wow.
2: and that was one of the interesting things I've learned out there. Yeah,
1: it's it's weird. The people I talked to talking about how water can be stratified. It's like you think of one big pool of water. You don't know that it's sometimes a layer cake out there.
2: Right, <laughs> exactly. Because if you have a lot of fresh water on top, and then you've got a, a moving tide on the bo- um the tide moves in from the bottom, essentially. Sliding and so, under it. Yeah. Exactly. Because so, um, the salt water is going to be denser. So it's kind of like
0: be, tectonic plates. Okay. Maybe. What? No. No. Well, the, the, <laughs> well, the, the one's heavier okay. than the other, correct?
2: Tectonic, I have well, nothing no, about no, tectonic. Well, not tectonic, ones. Place
0: Water. I'm no talking one. about water. Correct. Fresh water's one's heavy. denser. Fre- fresh water's denser than... No. It's the other way around. Correct. Salt dense. water's denser. It has more stuff. That's than. why you float more in it. Yeah. Okay.
1: okay. That's why our body floats more in it. Well, I, Interesting. I, yeah. Because
0: yeah. yeah. it's huh. dense. More dense. Okay. Where fresh is less dense. So one would slide under the other because it's more dense exactly and that's what
2: makes the lens yeah
1: yeah okay I, I think i'm starting to get an idea of why um things like say red tide are so complex it's like you have to account for all these things that happen out there you have to know how they work before you can predict or model or guess at the source of anything yes it's nuts <laughs>
2: and and um the red tide itself moves up and down in the water column
1: it does the it cells does. swim right yes.
2: well yeah raise think. and lower
1: yeah, what what makes a chemist unique? I mean, what is a chemist job that others don't do, yeah. I guess?
0: Because I know you're not the only chemist here.
2: No, no, I'm one of several. Um, analyzing nutrients, and that's all chemistry. Mm. I mean, because we're using different chemicals to look at different things and color and whatnot. Um, we're also very uh, we're a fairly anal group. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> all, our, all our glassware and instrumentation has to be very clean before we start, because any kind of, kind of contamination can skew your results. Yes. So we're always washing and acid washing and cleaning and rinsing and making sure that our fingers don't get in things and wearing gloves and goggles and um, you know if you're out there sampling and you have sunblock on in the summer that can't get into any of your samples because that will absolutely change your data Uh so there are lots of things to think about and um, I guess chemists as a group being Particular. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> it's a nice way to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> you
1: guys are like the scientists scientists. You guys are, yeah, <laughs> you're very specific. So, yeah, you have to take things into a lab. You you do some kind of assay with whatever you get in. You add reagents to it. You see what it does. And by doing so, in some way, you learn what's in it.
2: Essentially, yeah. yeah. We and, look at the nutrients.
0: And is that what the that department does, is, is continuously sampling... Um, different water sources
2: um yes and uh, we've been known to do atmospheric sampling as well Uh, atmospheric
0: as well as water
2: yes and sediment sampling well (laughs) we analyze the sediments so we don't do a lot of sediment sampling yeah we have in the past but
1: can you think of any really um interesting results or trends you've observed (laughs) over your time here that that you wish people knew more about
2: Oh. oh that's that's a hard one um
1: yeah
0: Trends, Camille. She said trends. I know she said trends. Over Is that the years. a bad word? No, no. it's just Camille over the years has well, had very many trends.
2: We have um, we have seen <clears throat> an overall improvement in the general health of the seagrasses. Cool. So that's kind of a nice thing.
0: Over the last 10
2: years? A little 10 or 20, I think. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I, think, I think it's. Um, it's a, it might that might be on the county website as well yeah is sweet.
0: that be, is that a contributing factor to the scallops maybe starting a little tiny bit to come back?
2: If the seagrass is healthy, yeah that can help in other ways scallops you know.
1: we need our benthic ecologist to go there, I think but uh, oh, I, I gem would, as. but in terms of what uh, you know physical or chemical factors influence that what what could help seagrass recoveries in our bay
2: um well, color dissolved organic matter, also known as CDOM, uh tends to color the water a darker color and that yeah. comes in from the fresh water. And so if you've got darker water you have less light penetrating it, so it can't the seagrass can't access it and then can't grow. Yeah. So um, It's like have, any
1: other plant. It needs or like most plants, it needs, needs light. light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
2: if there are things called epiphytes growing on them, yeah. on the the seagrass itself, again, not enough um Chlorophyll is being exposed on the leaf because you got these little this smudgy stuff all over it. Fuzz, yeah. You say
0: chlorophyll um, and then smoochy stuff.
2: smudgy stuff smudgy <laughs> stuff. Chlorophyll um, is what
1: lets the plant do its yeah, job. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Job with the so, sunlight. Yeah. So if
2: you have these epiphytes all over um, your seagrasses, they can't do what they need to do and so their health declines.
1: And that actually relates to how much nutrients are in the water that yeah, epiphytes that's can. Algae okay.
2: growth and things like that.
1: Maybe. Yeah. So really all the stuff you study is all of the like the factors that like seagrass and other organisms need in their environment to be okay
2: and and the water needs the seagrass to be okay so it's better so it's it's all very intertwined it's all very integrated and so are we with it so if you're out on your boat and you've got an oil leaking from from your engine well that's not good if you're leaking gas that's not good um if you're throwing things in the waters don't do that that's not
0: good (laughs) no say that's not good
2: that's not good
0: okay (laughs) <laughs>
1: don't make light that's not good
0: that's not good
1: okay oh are there are there any other things that you wish oh. people knew to do or not do while we're on that topic any other not goods or goods
0: that's not good
1: <laughs> I think that picking up your dog poop is a given that's good we, yeah we know that pick up your dog poop so it doesn't run off and contribute to
2: There, there is no poop fairy
1: there is no poop fairy
0: well John Perry
2: he just dresses up like one okay
0: Hope you heard that, John.
1: <laughs> oh, that was a great campaign. <laughs>
2: I have that sign in my yard and there's, on my door. There's no poop fairy. There's,
1: yeah, there's a campaign to keep the dog poop out. Got a, yes. a guy in, in fairy regalia. No poop fairy. No poop fairy. Yeah. We love it. Yeah, good one, John. So is there, um, before we kind of wrap it up, is there anything, like, new, like, coming up for you guys? Or is it, you know, just same old, do your, do your excellent chemistry uh, <laughs> this year? She
2: smiles. She smiles. <laughs> I, um, as far as I know, it's more excellent chemistry.
1: Okay. More excellent chemistry is what hey, we need. Hey, you know,
2: somebody's got to do it.
1: Somebody's got to do it well and consistently.
2: Right. And happily.
0: And, and happily.
1: Oh, happy chemist. Uh, uh, is
0: happy there such chemist. a thing? Yes. Oh, well, I guess they,
2: they make is. their own chemicals.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Better living through chemistry, always Bad, says. right? Yeah. <laughs> Dude's making some money. <laughs> yeah. Dude yep. is making some money. Okay, cool. Well, well, thank you very much for joining us. My um, pleasure. Thanks for having me. I've yeah. learned
1: a lot. Camille and Joe have great chemistry.
0: Yeah. <laughs> You should see Coffee. You should come to Coffee. Sometime. I should come to hey, your that's morning a, coffee. That's another we story altogether. To, that's
1: where all of our chemistry conversations really happen. Yeah. Okay, but thank
0: you for coming and uh, and Great. explaining what it is you guys do over there. And uh, that's it for us at
1: Forever. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, don't Dep- say, say
0: it isn't so. No. Depending depending how Haley
1: is. No, I I agree that we're gonna have another episode of Two C Fans here at Moat in two weeks.
0: Yay. We'll see you then. Bye.